Welcome to the very first episode of the Kristen and Company podcast. Our focus is to this podcast is to feature entrepreneurs and interesting people all over the Houston area and get a perspective on what it takes to run a business and their unique experiences from there. Today I'm featuring Leslie Serna, also known as Caked Face by Leslie on her Instagram, known for baking cakes. And she got her little start by going on Twitter, posting her cupcakes, and actually getting retweeted 16,000 times. Um, it was actually way more than that. It was like, I don't know. I know. All I know that at one point is they got to, I want to say 24,000 likes and then it kind of has gone down from there. I don't know if people like. People stop liking it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think people unliked it or maybe the accounts got deleted. They said your cupcakes like, are trash, bro. I don't know. Maybe. They outgrew them. That's what it was. I don't think so. If that was the case, my business would not be going still. So. And Okay. All right. So, I mean, you started when you were 17? I think I was 17. I might have been 16. Um, but, like, I didn't actually start taking it seriously until I was 17. But it kind of started just with cupcakes. Like, I never intended it for it to be a business. But um, this kid in my art class was selling cupcakes. And then I was like, oh, cool. I want to do that, too, but better. And um, <laughs> so I kind of stole the business from him because it's cupcakes. Them kids, I don't know. Whoever that kid is, I am so sorry. But his cupcakes look like trash. And But he was like selling them like a lot. Really? And I'm like, that's a really good idea. Yeah. And so um, I couldn't work at the time because I couldn't drive. And, you know, I have a single mom. And my sister wasn't working either. And you were um, a single mom at 16. No. Oh. My, I had a single mom. Oh, okay. My bad. No. Oh my God. Um, I was in high school trying my best to upkeep everything with like classes and, you know, cheerleading and all that stuff. So I couldn't work even if I wanted to, like, even if I had a car to get to work, I couldn't work anywhere else because I didn't have the time. But, um, that was something that I could kind of do from my house at whatever time. Like it didn't matter if it was 2.30 in the afternoon or 1am. If I wanted to make some extra money, I could just whip up cupcakes and post it on Snapchat and be like, Hey, I'm bringing cupcakes. Um, so I kind of stole that from that kid and then I went home and I, at first I bought just like your regular cake mix, whatever. And I tried to make them look a little bit better than his. You got those Betty Crocker mixes? Yeah, I <laughs> did. And I'm like, okay, Miss Betty Crocker. Um, and I would sell them, I think for like a dollar and they look like A dollar for cupcake? Yeah. Wow. And I know. And that's I, a steal from what they go now, huh? I know. Yeah. Um, but they still sold, even though they look like trash. But it kind of became fun. So I started experimenting with different recipes. Um, and I would kind of like bring a new recipe every other week. And I'd be like, oh, this week we're doing like, like Snickers or Oreo. Um, and it was when I started doing those that I'm like, okay, it's getting a little bit more expensive. So <laughs> I started selling them for $2 a cupcake. And I would sell out. Like I would sell like two or three dozens every really? day yeah we're two dollars each what was the aspect of that? like was it like a week or was it a couple of days or like how how did that go we're you, talking about for like cupcakes like yeah so it's batch? like if you, you, would you just bring like three dozen cupcakes in a school day and you tell them all about yeah like wow. sometimes even before the end of the day i had this obnoxious like big blue box and by a couple weeks in like people knew who i was with the big blue box and they would just like stop me in the hallway between classes and like yeah sometimes i'd be a little late but like whatever um and they would just like i mean some people knew from snapchat other people would just see it and like come up and see what i had or whatever and they would get one two so this guy used to buy like five every day damn that's like ten dollars bro just from that guy (laughs) yeah it it was crazy um 
And so sometimes I wouldn't be able to make cupcakes because I had a lot of homework or, you know, we had a football game or whatever. Um, and people would like start to get upset, like, oh, no cupcakes today. I'm like, okay, relax. Like, <laughs> I have other things to do too. Um, but it wasn't until my friend, um, Giselle asked me to make like a dozen for her. And then other people started asking for dozens. And then I eventually just started doing like orders of cupcakes. And yeah, it took off from there. And like, I haven't stopped since. And how old are you now? I'm 20. You're 20 years old. And also a little bit of background before she interrupted me. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Leslie really. is also a full-time student, full-time employee, and then a full-time young business owner too. So how do you find the time to like balance it? Like, what are your tips for balancing everything? Because I, I struggle with balance. Um, I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, right now I am cutting back on some orders. I think it's just a matter of like knowing how much your body can take because for a while I was really pushing it. Um, I would barely sleep. My body was physically just really tired, but it catches up to you and then, you know, you burn out. So just trying to figure out how much energy you can actually give into it before it kind of starts, um, tearing you down. So just allowing yourself yourself a certain amount of time per day like okay I have three hours this day to do homework and then I only have x amount of hours in this week to do orders how many orders can I take with those hours and not taking any more from there um because for me it got to the point where when people would ask me to make a cake for them even though I knew I didn't have the time I would feel bad that I couldn't (laughs) take their order because, you know, we, oh, it's their birthday, it's my mom's um, anniversary, or my boyfriend's birthday, or whatever. So like, you're like, fuck them kids. Yeah, and so I, I would feel bad, like, man, like, that sucks, like, you know, I can't make the cake for you, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll squeeze your order in, and that's where it goes downhill, because you can't push yourself for other people when you have other things to take care of, like, you can't let go of your grades in school for somebody's grandma's birthday like it just doesn't make sense so i would say just stay healthy like definitely incorporate like workouts and like eating good because it'll keep give you more energy to like be able to get everything done in one day and for me my biggest thing is my planner really yeah everything goes in the planner if i don't have my planner with me i freak out Okay. I mean, like, I could tell from how you were saying you're budgeting three hours of homework yeah. and then going to do cupcakes and all that stuff. I was like, I knew, I would assume that you were, like, a very plan-oriented person. And, like, where does that really stem from? Is that how you've always been? Like, you've always been, like, a, a planner-oriented person? Or, like, is it something you develop over the years after taking on so much responsibility? Or, like, how does that look like for I you? I think it started in middle school with to-do lists. Like, I'm a very big to-do list person it's like a thing of mine and so it started from there and then as I had more things on my plate I kind of had to put a time on the to do like okay to do by 2 30 to do by 4 um and it got to the point where I had so many things on my plate where I would have to schedule my sleep as well like in my planner yeah every day on my planner I'd be like okay I have to be in bed by this time wake up at this time set my alarm at this time so I can get out of bed at this time eat breakfast like so this, how, yeah. How many times would you allocate for sleep? Uh, it depends on <laughs> this girl how said much. two hours. <laughs> and honestly, sometimes, yeah. Two sometimes, hours? Sometimes it'd be like three or four hours. Bro. Yeah, especially when like I had um, 
like school really early in high school and like I had to stay up and like finish orders or like finish projects sometimes it would be two three hours but now I do try to give myself at least like six seven or when I can eight it just depends on how much I have to do so you never get eight hours really um sometimes very rarely really but I'm trying in 2021 I'm trying to give myself eight hours yeah Dang, I, I really don't think I would operate without eight hours of sleep because I mean you see me all the time and I'm literally always tired because I don't get my I cannot function at all. Yeah, this boy looks busted at work. <laughs> I'm like them eye bags really come for you. I mean even but... just today, like I got three hours of sleep and I had to go to work at five, so it's like I am tired. Uh, so I have I have a caffeine addiction, I guess, but you know we make it work. Yeah, coffee definitely helps, but don't end up addicted like I did because that was another big factor aside from my planner. Caffeine addiction. Yeah, a caffeine addiction. It's really bad. My body's like used to it now, but um, that's something that I'm also trying to improve in 2021. How much coffee do you drink a day? Why are you all up in my business? You Why said you you're comfortable answering every question, spot? bro. <laughs> um, it depends. I am addicted to Starbucks double shots. Starbs. Starbs, yeah. <laughs> um, and I drink like a pack of those a day, like a four pack. So that's like eight shots of espresso. Holy shit. Yeah. But I try to space them out. Um, when I was in high school, I would drink them like all at once and my eye would start like twitching and it was really bad. Bruh. But <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I space them out. We're getting better. All right. I mean, how many, I wonder how much milligrams that would be. Like how much is in typical shot? I don't want to know. I haven't looked at it. All I know is that they are delicious and they get me going. So. I would probably say it's like a hundred. Like it's because a typical cup of coffee is around a hundred. Americano would be like a hundred. She has a shot of espresso. So yeah. How many drink a day? You said four? Yeah. Eight? Yeah. F- four. four. Four double shots. So eight shots of espresso. But sometimes I will go like... I'll drink two of them and then I'll go to a Starbucks and get a different type of coffee and then I'll still have a double shot after that. Like, it just depends. That's interesting because, you know, Starbucks be having all them calories, girl. Okay. Um, nobody asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. But I, whenever I am eating healthier, I do feel like I'm a lot more productive. So if that's something that, like, you struggle with, it's like, oh, I don't have energy to do anything, start eating healthy and you'll probably get a lot more done. Like, what would you say consider healthy? Like, chicken or, like... I mean, just... I feel like healthy looks different for everybody, but it's just in general, just a balanced diet. Like, you can't go all day without eating protein. You shouldn't go all day without eating some type (laughs) of vegetable or fruit. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, oh, chicken and broccoli every meal. But as long as you're feeding your body enough nutrients and different types of food, like, you should be okay. It's just don't funny. eat Whataburger every day, you know? It's cu- it's also like the girl that told me earlier, she's like, oh, yeah, I don't eat till 5 p.m. Okay, right. that's just in the past, like, two weeks or so. Like, I haven't really been eating in the mornings because... You just haven't been hungry or, like... Yeah, I don't know. I go through these, like, phases where... Drink caffeine, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, like, the first thing. Like, my mom finds it so ridiculous that, like, before I even put my glasses on or anything, I go downstairs and get my coffee, like... That is 100% the start of my day. I don't, my day does not start until I drink my coffee. So, um, yeah, but then sometimes I just forget to eat, but that's bad. Don't do that. Also, caffeine is actually, uh, for all the viewers out there, it is a natural appetite suppressant. So the more coffee that you drink, the less hungry you'll get. Yeah, which is bad. Don't do that though. Yeah, I mean, 
I think everything is like everything should be entitled to like moderation in that sense because I do drink ca- a cup of coffee in the morning and then if I really do need it I'll drink another cup uh before I work out like but it's honestly very rarely I really because I used to be caffeine addicted and I like got off and I started noticing like withdrawal I felt like a crackhead bro like me too my oh head was hurting I was itching I was like man I need this I need to stop dark <laughs> yeah what's funny is that we actually spent an hour trying to get the microphone set up because Christian couldn't get it together oh, God. and I was like See, she got itching. mad because I was coming after her and then she she's came after me bro okay no seriously it's been like an hour probably over an hour and I was itching to go get my coffee I have like cans of double shots in my car in your car yeah and i was so close to just being like hey i'm gonna go get my coffee from my car but i did good and i didn't and i'm pushing through without my coffee cause are you feeling less energetic already i was starting to get a little bit of a headache you but because <laughs> you it happens yeah it happens when you have like caffeine addictions like your body your body lasts for it it's like nicotine i yeah. didn't like it's funny because like i i used to drink way more than that i used to drink like three bangs a day and like like a pre-workout like that was but you're like, also like twice my size that's true i mean to be fair yeah like, <laughs> like you can't compare yeah but you know the normal uh typical male uh, drinking a cup of coffee or the amount of caffeine they should recommend it is less than 500 milligrams of caffeine in a day Oops. and i was drinking like a thousand i don't know how much i'm drinking i don't want to know I, i'm actually once we finish i'm gonna go check in your car to see no my my car's also dirty no we don't we don't do that bro you can't look dirty in the mercedes-benz bro stop <laughs> no it is it's messy that's I, all that cake money you guys um no actually cake money did pay for a lot of like your cars no that you've crashed <laughs> <laughs> it only paid for the first one that was like the it paid for the first one, actually? Like, not the entire thing, but I put together, I want to, I think I put, like, 5000 down on my first car, and I couldn't even drive yet. What so I had, the car was actually parked in my garage for, like, a year, because I didn't know how to drive. But I <laughs> bought it with, like, cupcake money. Like, every single day that I would come home from school, and I would have a whole bunch of ones. I looked like a stripper, but really it was cupcakes. <laughs> and I would put them in the shoebox, and, like, eventually, once it got to, like, a certain number... I would have my mom go deposit it for me. And that, like, I literally saved all the ones in a big shoebox and paid for my car like that. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, honestly. Yeah. And uh, that was only the first car after, I mean, before I crashed it and <laughs> before I crashed the second one. But I was able to, like, get to... the charm as well, right? Yeah. Like, I want to say I spent a whole year or two years before I started working um at my job now just cupcake money and I was able to live like pretty you know as far as teens go like pretty comfortably like I didn't have to ask my mom for anything I paid for my own clothes my own car bill my own gas like you know just of cupcakes so so I mean um obviously it's transformed over like three years and four years that you've been doing it how come um Instead of working a full time, I was like, why don't you just focus on like cakes in full time? Because I would imagine it'd take less time. The thing about cakes is, um, I think in my head, I kind of call them like the baking gods, and like the baking gods sometimes are not cooperating with me. And it, that's not just for me; it's like a baker's community type thing where sometimes things just go wrong, and it can be very stressful. Um, it depends on the weather air pressure everything like can affect really? yeah it can affect your baking so how does air pressure affect it i'm not entirely sure all i know is like cold weather hot weather like it can make your cakes more flat more airy um 
there's certain ways to fix it, which I'm not going to get into, but you can fix it. It's just a lot it's of... tedious. Yeah. And also, if in order for me to grow it, um, it would take me finding somebody else um, that I could work with because obviously... It would be kind of cool to hire people. It would, but at the same time, at this day and age, like so many bakers are doing the same thing that I'm doing, which is working from home on their own. So bakeries don't really make enough money starting out in order to be able to pay decorators what they deserve. And it's just kind of like a, a hard thing to get into until you're actually established making like wedding cakes, which is where the big money comes from. Really? Yeah. Why don't you do wedding cakes? Because they're stressful and also you have to deliver them. Like You have to deliver them? But for the most part. Like, can you imagine on your wedding day having to go pick up the cake and bring it to the venue? Like, yeah. no. Also, a lot of times if it's a, a bigger cake, you have to actually stack it at the wedding. You have to transfer the multiple tiers and it's a scary process and then stack it there. And like I said, it's pretty stressful. Um, I did a wedding order at the beginning of this year and... I, it was me and my mom, and it was just us two, and it was so heavy that our arms were literally sore the day after. We had to carry it all the way up the stairs, keeping it um, kind of balanced because obviously in a tiered cake, it takes a structure, and if you don't keep it balanced, it's going to lean to one side, and then the bride is going to be upset because she doesn't have a wedding cake. So it's just You're a lot. You're going to have to face those bridezillas, huh? Oh my gosh. Yes. Like that is so terrifying. I would be so upset if my wedding cake got ruined on my wedding day. Like, you know? Would, I mean, after like experiencing this, would you really be mad after that? Um. Like knowing like what it takes. So I was like in the effort that the baker took in the time. And yes. The effort. I w- because it's oh, your okay. wedding Bridezilla, day. Bro, I see you. No, because even though I understand and I've been on the flip side, like still you... That is such a big part of a lot of people's weddings that, and they're also expensive. So it's like, even if I'm being understanding, like, okay, like the cake kind of leaned or fell or whatever the case may be, how the heck am I supposed to find another wedding cake within less than 24 hours, you know? Typically, how, do, how much does it range? It could start, I mean, that, just that one cake order, just to give you like a... I guess an estimate was above $500. Above $500. Yeah, but they can get really, really expensive. And that's just because I am like a tiny little business. But established bakeries that do wedding cakes, like fancy wedding cakes, that's where the real money is at. But because it's so stressful, you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, Because, yeah, I wouldn't want to deal with that. Like you said, in the essence of that... You would, if, so, if they mess it up, I was like, you're pretty much like the majority of your weddings also ruined because it's so ingrained into like our culture that you have to make that first slice of cake. Yep. It has to look fancy as hell. Yep. Yep. So it's like, I could see that and being like the stress in that. And I don't like, I, I don't like stress. I was like, like in that. It's, it's a lot of it is really stressful. Just from baking it and decorating it, that's one thing. Then you get to stacking and you have to, you know, put stuff in the cake to keep it straight and balanced and like everything together. Like what? No, you put, um, like I use little studs, like wooden studs, okay. but some people are starting to use like smoothie straws, which are great. I use them for my smaller cakes. Oh, that's interesting. They just don't look as professional in my opinion. Cause they're like colored and like, you know, if you're <laughs> cutting a wedding cake, you get like a purple straw and a green one. So I only use them for my smaller ones. Um, but yeah, they, you're just, 
put them inside the cake and um, you cut them to size and then you kind of put a big dowel in the middle just to keep everything together. But even then, like, like I, the last wedding delivery that I did was all the way downtown and like you're driving through not some of the greatest streets and it's scary. These girls going through third ward and they shooting up in there. (laughs) Oh my God. Honestly, like in Houston, anything can happen. Yeah. But Carrying it also is, like, the like even just transporting it isn't that bad, but, like, carrying such a heavy cake upstairs or even in an elevator. You know how certain elevators, like, they kind of do a little jump? Yeah, if you jump, they, yep. Yeah. And then you have to, like, cut through people, open doors trying to get through, you know, whatever table they want, and you have to set it up. Also, another thing that people forget is your floors might be leveled, but if your table is slightly not leveled – that's going to make the cake look crooked. And that's something that like cake, uh, not cake designers, wedding designers don't take into account. It's like whatever 100%. table you're putting the cake on has to be leveled because when the cake starts leaning, it's it's not your fault or my fault, but like that table needs to be leveled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have you so, had any like crazy like, or not necessarily crazy, but like have you had any bad experiences with customers and cakes? Um, I don't think so. Thankfully. They've never been dissatisfied or, like, some, like, it falls down by accident or, like... Oh, yeah, there was one time where this lady picked up a number cake, which are kind of more popular now. The thing with number cakes is they're not the most sturdy. And she was taken out of town, which I knew. Um, Now, whenever I do my cakes, I usually leave to work and whoever's home, my mom or my sister, will give the cake to whoever's picking it up. Um, Which, I mean... Granted, if something, like, if they weren't uh, liking something, there's not much that my sister or my mom could do about it because they don't know anything about cakes or how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's never happened before. Um, but the lady picked it up, and I went to work, and I got a text, like, two hours late- later saying that her cake had fallen within the first ten uh. minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it, the whole thing was just really sketchy. I hope that I'm not saying this and, like, maybe it did happen, but on my end, I'm like... If the cake fell in the first 10 minutes, why didn't I get a text or a call in the first 10 minutes? Like, I know that you're taking it out of town. So it's like you have to drive carefully. People underestimate how careful you have to drive when you're delivering a cake or transporting a cake anywhere. It's almost more than more careful than you would with a baby, because I'm telling you, like, they have to be like on a flat surface. They have to keep sturdy. And if you don't have somebody to carry it with you and you're just making your regular turns, that cake is going to break. And there's actually stickers now that they make for, like, cake decorators, just like the baby on board. It's like, cake Cake on on board, board. (laughs) I turn slowly. Because you have to. And you almost have to drive, like, at 20 miles an hour. Like, And, yeah, that was probably the only bad experience I've had. But, like I said, she waited until, like, hours and hours later Yeah, that's super weird. Why would she want to wait? I was like, that long. If it happened then, I would have been pissed and I would have called. Yeah, and it's just like, I understand if maybe you're upset, like, because I I tell my customer, especially with number cakes, I don't really say it as much with regular cakes, but I'm like, these cakes are not sturdy. And I warn them even sometimes from the order taking process, like, just so you know, if you're going to have to travel far, like, these cakes are not sturdy. And they're like, yeah, okay, it's cool. That's most of the time they're fine. Like I said, that's the only time really that's happened. Um, but after that, it's on you. And there's cake contracts that most bakeries do use. That's like after the cake is out of my hands, it is no longer my responsibility because I don't know if the cake really just fell on its own 
or if you took a sharp turn or you hit something and then the cake fell. It's not on me. It's on you. So do you have a contract with anything to... I'm not really because I, like I said, that's never really happened to me before. Only that one off time. Yeah. And so that made me really nervous. I felt really bad. But when you spend so much time into something and you like warn somebody like, hey, you have to drive carefully. I know you're going out of town with this. And they say, okay, cool. They're accepting responsibility. And I'm like, the cake was sitting perfectly fine for a couple hours before you picked it up. It just so happened that now that it's in your hands, it breaks out of nowhere. Like, mm. so it's just kind of like a play by ear type of thing. It's like each situation, I might be a little bit more understanding. Like I said, if she had contacted me within those first 10 minutes, I honestly might have drove all the way back home from work and made her another one because I would have felt bad. Really? Yeah. I, I take my cakes really personal. I obviously like it's somebody's special day. Or, yeah. So it's it's an important thing. It's a big honor. Have you had to make any refunds or anything to people? No, I don't think so. There was one time where I forgot an order, which was really bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, For some reason, I think I, like, put it in the wrong date of my planner. Sometimes my brain isn't the brightest, and I, like, get numbers confused. And I think I put in the wrong date, and so they texted me asking, like, hey, um, when can I pick up the cake? And I'm like, holy crap what cake and I go back and look at our messages and I'm like oh my god like this is the wrong date and I didn't have enough time to make it for them and I refunded them and thankfully they were really like nice about it they're like oh yeah like we'll just go get pick up a cake from the grocery store it's fine HEB cake real quick yeah I mean I used to make HEB cakes okay don't speak bad on them you used to work in bakery yeah I started in um at HEB and bakery interesting yeah it was hell so that is that why you moved yeah, I used to, I start I was there for six or seven months and it was a very, very fast paced environment. Um, not the same type of stress as my type of baking because everything comes pre made, so everything is for the most part the same. But it's just you have to work really fast and it's very tiring. Is that typically how you'd see like an individual bakery like shop kind of? No, I think it's so interesting because I've actually helped out at a at a bakery. Um, before and it, it's different processes um, but for the most part a, an established bakery is almost like I am at least if they make stuff from scratch um, but at HEB surprise um, we don't make the cakes in the bakery they come in pre-made and so it's like I don't even know how to describe it. It's, you're dealing with the customers that are coming up to you and you're decorating and you have to make such a large amount that it's it's different from a bakery because most of it is custom like you have so many different flavors and whatever in a grocery store you get x y and z and that's it interesting so i mean it becomes like very personal for the individual bakery shop versus like here you mass produce cakes and that's why they have to pre-make them and all that stuff so 100 knock them out it's it's a special type of thing that you build with your customers like i've had customers that bought cakes me whenever they were pregnant and it was their baby shower and looking back at the cake that I made for them I feel so bad because I was just (laughs) starting but then I made their first birthday and their second birthday and like they keep coming back and I'm like holy cow like I'm a cake lady now that's crazy you know like you wouldn't really think of a 20 year old being your cake lady or your family's cake lady but I have families that come to me for every single one of their events and it's it feels special. So do you like, and you, you just gave me an excellent segue. It's just like, what would, what would be your favorite cake that you've made so far? 
So I, that wedding order that I was talking to you about, that's actually, oh, it's a really, really big, like, symbol of mine. That that wedding order was actually for a teacher of mine who I had um, whenever I was starting out. And she was very supportive of my business. She was kind of one of the few only teachers that knew my situation where I was kind of more of a need than I want with the cupcakes. Like, I really needed money, but I couldn't work. Um, and some teachers were like, you need to be, you know, focusing on homework and, you know, like, don't worry about the cupcakes. And I'm like, forget you. Like, you don't know my situation at home. Like, you don't know whether that homework is going to be more beneficial to me than paying bills, right? Want some Gucci slides. Yeah. No. <laughs> and so she was very supportive. I became very close with her. And throughout the years, she kept ordering for me for her sister's baby shower. And then her fiance ordered for me. Um, for her, for their engagement. Oh, and then wow. I got to do her wedding, um, cake, which I'm pretty sure I can't say for sure, but I can almost say that she had told me whenever I was in her class that I would make her wedding cake. Really? Yeah. And so that wedding order actually did one, not one day, but the day of a breakup. And it was just, I was not really feeling my best and it was a Emotions lot of work. Everywhere. Yeah. I just wanted to crawl in like a freaking hole and like, you know, be in a blanket and cry because that's what you usually do, right? As, yeah. as girls. But it kind of forced me in a way to keep pushing forward. And I had all, it was three cakes. And one of them was the wedding cake, a groom's cake and a little personal cake and had all that work to do. And I couldn't really sit around and like feel sorry for myself or feel sorry for anything. And that was something that she kind of taught me even as a student. She's a very resilient, powerful woman. And she was like, don't, don't waste time mourning over something that, you know, you can't control. Just like keep pushing towards your goals. And so that order was like very, very special to me because it just so happened to pull me out of that kind of heartbreak. And also going through, it's like, you've always been there and done your cakes. You've built that, ex that relationship and, you know, to see that progress onto like seeing <laughs> onto, <laughs> she was banging the glass. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> It wasn't me, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, it was. And then on to seeing, um, you know, going from engagement then to actual, like, wedding. I was like, I bet you that's, like, it's interesting. I was like, you started as, like, a small thing with cupcakes, and now you're, you've kind of graduated into, like, that wedding cake for her. I mean, I know you, you don't typically do wedding cakes, but, like, I know it must have been pretty special for you to actually go ahead and go for that order. Yeah, and it goes both ways. Like, for me, it's like, wow, like, so she actually doesn't teach anymore, but she's doing bigger and better things now and it's just like watching her like go from her classroom and then finding love getting married and you know being a part of that but it, for her it's also like she watched me kind of go through some hard times when I was sitting in her classroom watched me graduate and then you know we kind of kept in contact as my business grew and like all she was seeing was just progress and it's still it's still there you know um, I just got the wedding pictures from, you know, from her photographer of the cake and everything. I'm like, I would have never thought like three, four years ago, I would have never thought sitting in that classroom, like one day that I would be a part of that. And it's, it's very, very special. That's very cool, man. I was like, I, that's, you're affecting people on a personal level and they're also affecting you, which is like, I think that's a very special connection that most people don't get. And yeah. I, I imagine the value for it, I was like, it gives you fulfillment in a sense, right? Yeah. And I think that goes for most bakers. Like, we don't really do it for the 
whole bunch of colors ending up on all over your skin and like the mess and all the dishes and all that stuff. You know, that's part of it, but just getting to see like little kids' reactions or like those bonds that you build with your customers, like it makes it all worth it. Like every single time a customer comes and they're with their kid who the cake is for, and I open the door and I'm like, I'm showing them the cake and they get so excited. I don't even care how many, how much sleep I got. If I got two hours, like I don't care. It makes it all worth it. Okay. So, I mean, I know you mentioned earlier that you were kind of going on the downward scale of like your business. I was like, not to say that you were, you know, losing money, but you were actually taking a little bit less orders. And I could tell, I was like, you're passionate about like seeing the people's experiences and the fulfillment that you get from that. I was like, why, why decide to put that on the back burner? Um, I think it's just a matter of keeping that love and that passion for it alive. Um, it gets to a point sometimes where you almost start to lose it when you have so much stuff on your plate. Um, I'm a full-time student and I work and I have my business and I also have a life outside of that, which a lot of people forget. Um, and especially with being like an at-home bakery, people want to reach out to you at all times. And it's very hard to put a cap on it because there's been times where I've had people message me at 12 a.m. Hey, I'm here outside to come up, to come drop off a deposit. And I'm like, what there's, the yeah, there's certain boundaries that you have to set, but they're very hard to control because of the very personal relationships that you build. And so sometimes they're calling me while I'm at work and I just want to keep it more like on a smaller scale so that I can like keep that love for it, if that makes sense. Don't and, get burnt out. Right? Yeah. And like do it more for my close friends and family or more as a hobby rather than my actual career, because I feel like eventually down the line, I will lose that passion for it. And I really don't want to. It's interesting because, I mean, you've been doing it for around like three or four years now. And you, I, I, you know, it's like it seems you're still pretty passionate about it. It's like what makes you think that, you know, after like, let's say five years, I was like, you'll lose the passion about it. Because with something that's so, I guess, deep down in the heart, you have to put your love into it. And like I was saying, um, sometimes I'm going through things in life like heartbreak or friendships or stuff like that with my family. And it's really hard to put your love into something that you're creating for somebody else when you're down bad. And it's different when you are have that in an actual career. Like if I were to be in an office setting... I could go on about my day and still do my same numbers, still do my same tasks at my job because I don't have to necessarily put my love and my creativity into it. And with cakes, like I don't like to bake when I'm sad or I'm upset or I'm angry because okay. I, I mean, it sounds kind of corny, but I do believe that like when you put your love into it, it tastes better and everything is, you're going to give it your all, but it's hard whenever you're going through those things and you still have these orders. So my family and you know other things that are going to be on a bigger scale I just don't want that to get in the way of it and start kind of putting less effort and less quality into my work okay and it's really interesting because I mean I feel like the common narrative at least for today's society a lot of people don't want to typically work that nine to five job you know don't want to be in an office cubicle for the rest of their life they don't want to be retired when they're 60 or something like that and you're actually seek that which is I think it's like a very rare and very insightful like characteristic that you have. I was like, cause I don't think a lot of people think in the aspect of like the long term. I was like, they like the immediate and they like the, the passion is always going to be very intense when you first start.
and you put all your eggs into this basket and it doesn't end up turning out because you end up losing passion. You get sad. You don't want to do anything anymore. You want to go to a different route. And um, I feel like it's commonly pushed. And you kind of want to go for that that aspect of like security and you know you will have time I was like because baking I would imagine it takes a lot of your time very I feel like it takes a lot longer than people imagine like sometimes people ask me for a cake the same day and I'm like this is this is not Walmart or HEB I don't pull my cake out of a freezer thaw it out and then frost it with frosting that is pre-made I have to make everything from scratch and what people don't realize is you have to make the cake and then it sits in the oven for an hour or I mean, not an hour, but like 30 minutes to an hour. And then guess what? You have to let it cool, completely cool. If not, your cake will be a mess. And then you have to crumb coat it and then you have to decorate it and then you have to package it. You know what I mean? Aside from me messaging back and forth with people who are trying to place orders, it takes a lot of time. And I feel like going for that route of kind of like more in a business setting or office setting It's not like 100%. I don't have a specific job that I'm like, okay, I want to work a nine to five here. But another thing about a business like this is I can't move anywhere. You know, my clients are here. Yes, I can take my talent somewhere else. But like, let's say um, I down the line get married and my husband has a great job opportunity somewhere else. I can't take my clients, my customers and put them over there. I would have to start completely from scratch. Um, but on the contrary, if I have like, uh, an accounting degree, I can be an accountant here in Houston, or I can be an accountant on the other side of the world. You know what I mean? It's yeah. something that you can take with you. You get your degree and you can just kind of move up and go. Um, but it's also something that you can start your own business with. So it's, it kind of goes both ways. I've seen both sides. I have my own retail job and I have my own business. So I could go either way. Um, right now I'm just still focused on finishing school and, I'm leaning more towards a corporate side of HEB, which is where I'm working right now. Um, but that's not set in stone either. If one day I get tired of that, I can also pick my cakes back up because that talent is not going to go anywhere. How did you learn even to like start like, you know, cause like, uh, I'm going to show obviously in the thumbnail and like the, mid, um, you know, the people on through Instagram was like, what kind of cakes you make? But like, they're amazing. I was like, uh, you did like a Fortnite one. I seen like a Grinch one. It looks really cool. How did you like pick up those skills? Um, I've always been kind of more of like a creative art kid. I stopped liking to draw, but I I stopped liking like drawing and like art and like painting just your basic like 2D art. Um, but I really enjoyed on cakes, but honestly, it's almost just like YouTube and Google. Like it's, you have to, I don't care if you want to go to like a cake decorating class or whatever. I'm a person that believes like practice and just willingness is going to take you a long way. And that's kind of what it was for me. I would, whatever I didn't know, I would Google or YouTube and I would watch it and I would practice it. And eventually I learned how to draw on cakes. And once you learn how to draw on cakes or write on cakes, like you're good to go. I feel like you're good for anything, bro. It's like, that seems pretty difficult. So you're probably like a good ass artist now. No, I mean, it's just like, it's practice, you know, and there's different methods that different um, cake artists use. Some people don't do like characters or anything like that on their cakes. It's more modern or fondant or whatever. And it's just a learning experience every day. If you don't know how to do something, look it up most likely there's going to be a YouTube tutorial on it. Nowadays, there's YouTube for anything. 
um, or Google or just figure it out, you know? And that's what it was for me. I kind of just figured things out along the way. And if there was something that I came across that I didn't know, I would just do it until I could get it. And then now I know it, you know? Yeah, that's really cool, honestly, because I feel like, um, especially like with the availability of like YouTube and all that, you can learn pretty much any skill anything, if you want. Anything, anything. Like, you can look up how to work on cars, how to make cakes, like anything you can think of, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. Oh, because another thing that is kind of funny is like the name Cake Face actually came from my Instagram page starting as a makeup page. Because oh, really? I also learned how to do makeup on YouTube. Uh-huh. And so I was kind of doing both for a little while. Where I would do um, makeup for like prom and weddings and so you do for a, a makeup for other people. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And so it kind of went hand in hand, like caked face, because, you know, that's a little bit quirky. But um, also, it's the amount of makeup that you wear or in aspects of. Are you coming <laughs> for my makeup? <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> um, no. It's just. I I don't even know how I got into makeup. Like, it just kind of happened. And then other girls would ask me to do their makeup. And so I was doing both for a while. And then out of the two cakes and makeup, like, cakes just kind of took off. Especially after that Twitter thing, which was wild. Um, I remember when that happened. How did you feel? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Oh, my God. Like, it was intense like I still have a picture of me crying on my couch like (laughs) I don't have enough energy for this I had to pay my sister to answer some like just questions for me and like write stuff down on my planner because I physically could not keep up it was like people like just dming me through twitter email instagram like even snapchat like Everybody was asking about cakes and cupcakes all at once to the point where my phone shut down. (laughs) I'm I'm not even joking. Like, my phone would not turn on. And so I had to go to my Twitter settings and turn off the notifications. But in order to get to Twitter, I had to get my phone to work for just, like, two minutes. And I would, like, barely get there and it was shut down again. Um, And it was just, like, bombarded everywhere. Um, And it just, I mean, eventually it died down. But it was a really weird feeling especially when daisy marquez the youtuber she mm. like i was like so obsessed with her videos back then because i was so into <laughs> makeup and she retweeted my tweet and i was like oh, oh my god like she Hello, knows who i am yeah <laughs> obviously i'm like a nobody but like back then i was like oh my god like she saw my tweet she knows i'm alive <laughs> i don't know that was, that was kind of cool you ever thought about like pursuing anything like um with your other hobbies like what do your other hobbies include nothing sleep really yeah i mean i like i like no life basically um the only free time that i have i like to spend with my friends or at the gym and that's about it like i oh this is such a bad hobby but (laughs) if i could no (laughs) i really like building ikea furniture it's unhealthy i will buy stuff from ikea just to go home and build it because it's cheap (laughs) and it's fun and like if you give me enough time off like if you give me three days off in a row i will go make over a room in my house i don't care i don't care how much money i spend on it it is so fun so that'd probably be it like an interior designer yeah i wanted to be one like when i was younger but i don't think i'm good enough at it but i still really enjoy it like i get bored of like rooms looking the same 
And right now I live with my mom, so I can't do that. <laughs> but the one day that I do get my house, I guarantee you, like I'm going to be changing it all the time because I just like doing it. I like building stuff. I like painting walls. It's fun. That's interesting. I mean, I can't say I've ever heard anybody have a hobby of building Ikea furniture. Any furniture, really, but Ikea is just cheap, so I can afford to like buy it all the time and build it. i'm the opposite i really hate building furniture because it takes so long and i get frustrated and i lose screws and i okay cool blame it on the adhd we'll say that yeah i mean you know that's an easy cop out you've been bouncing your leg this entire podcast and it's kind of driving me insane i'll try to stop i did a good (laughs) look i guess i'll switch i'm just kidding it's just like how do you have that much energy in your body uh, the Dude, caffeine, like, I guess. The caffeine. <laughs> but I have drink a lot of caffeine, and I'm not bouncing all the time. Like Also, I mean, like the more that you drink caffeine, the more dead you feel. Like You don't feel energetic. You just feel like a little bit uplifted. Um, Speak for yourself. I drink coffee, and I feel like a brand new woman. Really? Yeah. Like I don't care how much caffeine I have. I literally feel like great. Because there's times where I was just like, I would drink a bang, but I would still be tired. But like now I'd just be like a little bit energetic and tired. Like, I would still feel tired no matter what. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. I don't know, bro. Is that... I mean, I guess in comparison, I was like, I am, like, again, we're saying, like, twice your size. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I would say Maybe so. three times my size. Kind I mean, of. How tall are you? Not very. Like, five foot... <laughs> five feet. Zero? Yeah. Dang, I'm good, bro. Yeah. I like to say I'm five one, but no. I'm not. How do you get on top of those wedding cakes, bro? That's what I'm asking. Oh my god, can we talk about that? Because those cakes are literally like half of my size. That's what I was thinking about too. Like those tend to be really tall, aren't they? They are and very heavy. It's like a whole little person. Like I'd much rather carry a person up the stairs than the cake. Like <laughs> it's honestly like it feels. I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like you're already nervous because you're dropping something off that you created, right? Yeah. But then it's like. I can't even see over it. Like, <laughs> I can't see where I'm going. And, I mean, nothing's happened so far, but, like, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these days, like, I just bumped into something because I can't see where I'm going. You just got to wear some Doc Martens, bro. That wouldn't help much. They'd give you, like, a good maybe three inches, I would say. Three inches? What kind of Doc Martens are you wearing? The ones that are big. No, that still wouldn't help. I don't think so. You don't think so? Yeah. Uh, I guess it sucks to suck being short. And then, like, right? I can't wear heels because, like, can you imagine trying to deliver that in heels? I can barely walk in heels as it is. No. I know. You seem more of, like, a country troquiano kind of girl. If you don't stop, he <laughs> literally thinks that I'm, like, this troquiano Spanglish girl. Just I mean, because you are I'm from Mexico, me- to be fair. I am from Mexico. I'm Mexican. But that doesn't mean that I, like... I'm one of those. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with being one of those, but like, that's literally not pretty, even. You seem what like you don't me? like them. No, I'd like them. It's just like, see, that's you do not, like them. Ah, I see. And that's just not who I am. Like, I, I kind of wish I was. Like Norteño as Yeah, like, I kind of wish I was, but that's, that's not me. I'm more of like a leggings and tennis shoes and t shirt, which is exactly what I'm wearing right now. You don't like to doll up or anything? I do like to doll up, but on an everyday basis. like that's... That sounds tiresome. Yeah. So I don't understand how you do your makeup like, every day consistently. It's called being ugly, Christian. Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess. I, I would know. It's Some of us just kind of need to look awake, and if I don't wear makeup, I will look really dead. I mean, you, I already look dead, to be fair. So, I mean, maybe yeah, I should Yeah, but this isn't about dog. you. I, should uh, I don't care if you look dead. I care if I look dead. You need dead. To get Botox for us, what it is. My, I have bags oh my under my God. bags. Oh, my God. Wait. 
I got three three hours. Would you actually? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. Do it. I don't know. Do it. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Please do it. Why would... Why? I don't know. I feel like I'd rather you do it, and then, like, if it looks good on you, then I'd be like, okay, cool, I'm going to go do it, So too. you'd be willing to get Botox in the future? Only if... You look like, old? Yeah, well, actually... They say that if you get it done before you look old, it's better. Like, cause you, like, before you get wrinkles, you know what I mean? So that way you just won't get wrinkles. Like, sometime between like 25 and 30 is when they say that you should probably really? get it. But I'm scared. Like, needles on my face? I don't. You don't like, like needles? I don't like needles or blood or anything like that. You have that. to keep on doing it. I don't know if you know that. I was like, you have to go after. <laughs> I think it might be every six months or. Yeah. Yeah. No. I can barely keep up with getting my nails done or my eyebrows done. I can't do that. That's no. Just imagine, like, a needle coming uh, your under-eye area. Mm, I'm okay. Really? That doesn't scare you? Uh, no, I meant, like, I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah, no, me either. But, like, I kind of do, because, like... You don't want to look old? No. Like, Jennifer Lopez? She doesn't look 50. I, I don't want to look hot. 50. I know. I think I it's also an aspect of the body, too. I was like, she has a... See, that... She has I, a body of, like, a 25-year-old. That, I'm like, I don't think I'll ever get there. But maybe not looking old in the face. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so do that actually the one that you don't have to work at and you just go do it? Yeah. The thing is, like, I would get my body done, but I'm the type you of You think she got her body done? No. No. I'm saying I can't work out the way she does. I mean, you could. I don't want to. Hmm. Like, I just... Oh, that is so much work. I mean, now that you're scaling down, you have, you're going to have a little bit more time on your hands. Uh, thanks, Christian. Thanks. That's Are you calling me fat? Is that what this is? No, no, no. I'm just saying. She's calling like, me fat. Uh, I did not say that. That was not my words. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really I really do try to, like, keep going to the gym and stuff, but I'll never be ripped like hers. Like her. Like she is. No. I mean, you also got to think in that aspect. She's a celebrity. She has nutritionists. Like, that's how her job exactly. is to look Exactly. Like, that's what people forget when they compare themselves to celebrities. I'm like, you know, they have an entire team. Yeah. Just like, they have personal chefs. They have personal trainers. Like, all this other stuff that we don't have access to. Like, I could never afford that. I have to I mean, make maybe my... Maybe you could eventually. I hope so. Maybe. Can you imagine? As an accountant? Like... <laughs> a TikTok accountant? I mean, I don't know if they, they are, if that's a thing, is it? Which accounts are you talking about? Because you can TikTok. make bank either one. You don't know what a TikTok account is. I don't is. have a TikTok. I know what a TikTok is. I okay, but one. you know what a TikTok accountant is? No. Oh, it's... They do with the money of the TikTok people? No. It's, it's a term that they use to cover up for something else. Like drugs? No. Girls. Huh? Like girls doing something else. Like prostitution? Oh, OnlyFans. Mm, yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, Wait, what? What, are, what do you mean, kind of? We're not Is getting not? into it. Yeah, I mean, partly, partially. Uh, webcaming. Uh, it, listen, whatever you want to search up on your free time, that that is on you. I'm not looked up in like the private. You know how you can do like the the private. Yeah, I did not know mode. about that until like a couple months ago, and my world changed. And you have all your porn like in your history and your shit. <laughs> <laughs> that might be your search history. Um, nah, I already knew about it, so I'm good, bro. I, that shit um, was deleted a long time ago. Yeah, no. Let's just say that I was looking something up on my regular, and then it showed up as my one of my favorites. You know how, like... This was, like, literally stalking people. That's no, 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 no. That's her um, other hobby is stalking no, people in her past. No, definitely life. not. Um, you know how Safari, like, it shows, like, your favorites when you visit yeah. a certain... Yeah, I was kind of visiting a certain site. And it kind of popped up on my favorites. And then I was, like, asking my friends. I was like, how do I 
get rid of that. And they told me about the private and I was like, oh, that. Wait, who did you ask? Your friends? My friends. And they, that's kind of embarrassing. Not it is. Well, uh, I have a pretty open friendship with my friends, so I don't care. They know that you're dirty. Don't call me dirty on your podcast, <laughs> <laughs> asshole. Hey, man. You know, it is what it is. I mean, you can't really... Uh, I, I'm not here to judge you. The viewers are, but not me. Okay. Are you sure? Because I feel like all you do is judge me. So, we also got to go into the relationship that we have, too, in the aspect of, like, this isn't how a typical podcast would go, I would assume, because... Yeah, we're friends. Yeah, we were kind friends of. for, like, a month and a half, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Are we friends? I feel like you just bully me. I mean... And then we call it a friendship. That, that's pretty much how I have my friends. Yeah. So I would say, yeah. I, I We're also co-workers, so I have to deal with him. Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, I mean, we don't work. We work in other. the same store. I guess, H-E-B. Yeah. We literally... Be quiet. We're literally co-workers. And so... She bothers me all the time. You bother... Who got in trouble for coming into my department, first I was literally on break. I was just walking in. You're like, hey! <laughs> no, I did not say hey! And definitely didn't say it like that. Hey, but come talk to me. No, that's definitely I'm not bored. what happened. That is you, definitely not what happened. I don't know about that, Chief. Um, you definitely stopped in my department. We're not going to go into it. Point is... I was literally just going to the break room, and I just, like, see her, and she's like, starts shuffling over there. I'm like, oh, okay. What, what are the you heck talking... Is going on? Bro... Don't make Before me knew, fight you on this. Minutes are off. Don't make me fight you on and, this podcast. And the store manager was getting on my ass because he didn't this know. This freaking break. our freaking boss called his department to ask why he was talking to me. That was so funny. I was like, bro. I was like, I ain't even doing anything. It's, it's the opposite, bro. She on the clock and Please I was on break. Stop. You're still on the clock on break. I First mean, of all. But you don't have to do anything. You're not obligated to stay in your department. But who got in trouble? You did. I didn't get in trouble. They just called. Okay. Well. They didn't even mention my name, so. That's like the BS right there. That's double standard. But I just want to make it clear that I did not stop you, okay? I didn't get you in trouble. You got yourself in trouble, okay? How did we even start talking? I don't know. Like, in general. Because I typically am more of a shy until I get to know you person. I'm not. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I talk to anybody and everybody. I don't remember. I just remember we started talking in the break room whenever you asked me about Swarm. I, did you mean, oh yeah, you were trying to roast me for having like a, a, a big ass jug of water, like a gallon. Was that that day? No, that wasn't the same day, but that's when, like, I guess you were like, oh, okay, I guess I can talk to this dude. I don't remember. I remember that, because you were trying to roast my jug, and then you are like, oh, I have a hydro drug, I'm bougie, I'm like, girl, I'm gonna fuck about your hydro drug. Your jug is not even supposed fuck to your be in your department. Drug, my hydro drug is very cool, you guys should get one. It shouldn't even, even, like, it's not allowed in any department, your hydro drug. Yes, it is. It's not clear neither is yours it's transparent it's pretty much the same thing i don't know i think my hydrodite is pretty cool you can't bring that in the store though so I but mean, i don't think was that the first conversation we had i don't honestly don't remember like meeting you at all i do remember in the aspect of like i was like do it was raining really hard i think and you're doing retrievals because you were in curbside what yeah i don't think i've ever done retrieve like You've done retrievals. But not when it was raining. It might not have been raining. Uh, it might have just stopped. or like It was it, all in your head. Maybe. I mean, I'm just going crazy, I guess. But, like, I know, like, you mentioned something about my jug. And I was like, man, this bitch. I was like. <laughs> <gasps> you fucking asshole. I was, I was like, man, fuck you, bro. I was like, this is my jug. I was like. I re- 
Oh my God, wait, can I, can I kind of roast you real yeah, quick? Go I remember it. whenever you transferred to our store and I saw you and you were wearing shorts and I was just like, what the fuck is this dude showing his legs for? Like your shorts I were some so, good legs, bro. no, Let's you were show here. like your shorts were like short. And I'm like, that is not dress code. That's literally what my freaking, fr- I'm such a Karen. <laughs> you are, bro. No, I remember thinking I'm like, no, that- I need cakes. So that's such a Karen Sh- thing. Shut up. Did you just insult all other cake Bakers and decorators. They're all named Karen. I mean, it is all the same, right? We're not Karens. Actually, we deal with Karens. Leslie is like a, a Karenistic no, name. I am not. No. No. Karenistic? Characteristic no, name. No, shut up. You're not ah, funny. You're not ah, fucking ah. funny. <laughs> but you're no, laughing. but I remember I was just like, what? Like, that cannot be in Resco. Like, if I can't wear shorts like that, you shouldn't wear shorts like that. But I still wore it. But I didn't know who you, like, I didn't know your name or like who you were. That's just the only thing I remember. I don't remember. I was talking to the first time aside from the break room at all. You gave me like this look and I was just like, man, what's this bitch looking at? I was like, <laughs> what? Look, when? Like, cause like I was literally like, I sat down and then like, I guess it was next to you. I didn't even like, I no. knew you were. Oh, you were not about to paint this picture the way it did it, not happen. It, it no, happen like no, that. no. You, I was sitting in the break room already and you came down uh, and yeah. you sat down next to me and you asked me like, Hey, I heard that you're applying to storm. That's pretty cool. Friendly ass. Okay. Uh, you no, started the conversation. That's not how it was. Yes, it was. No, because, like, I was, I literally sat down, and then, like, I looked around. I was, like, because, like, this was after, like, the you told me, you tried to risk me about the judge. Sir, I was eating. I promise you the only thing I was looking at was my food. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you weren't. I was, like, I just came to sit down, and I was, like, I looked to my left, and I was, like, oh, okay. And then she, like, you gave me, like, a look, and oh, I was, like. Oh, my God, Christian. I will walk out. You, you gave, you did give me this look, like, it was, like, a, like, a rude look, and I was just, like, what the I heck? did not. What is that this girl's deal? And then I saw, like, a swarm thing on the poster, and I was, like, well, this is a good oh conversation starter. Oh, my God, you are, s- that's how it you're was. You're making me mad. No, that is definitely not what happened. What do you but, mean? Okay. There's literally no swarm posters in the break It room. is. I'll show you next time, I swear. It literally is swarm and swirl. I saw it. Oh, so that's, that's what made you ask me if I was going to swarm? Because you also mentioned it, like, that first day, like, some, I think I, like, Mentioned something about So you about were talking it. about me behind my back. What do you mean? You mentioned it. When did I mention it? I didn't even talk to you, it remember? Like, no, it's like you're trying to rest me in my jug. And then like you mentioned something about swarm. Christian, what are we talking about? Or swarm. I mean, it got way off topic. But like <laughs> now like you pissed me off. I'm like, no, you pissed me off. Fucking friendship canceled. Yeah, I know. A good riddance, right? No, I can't believe you're really trying to paint the picture like that. It, it did happen like that. that. No. And then, I mean, it, you know. <laughs> what? I know what? You know, I guess we're friends now. I guess. Not to deal with you. Yeah, you're always like, you don't know me. Yeah, you don't know me. You We met like a month ago. I think after like a, a talking for a good, like oh, pretty much an hour now, I was like, I feel like we're... No, you don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know my story. All right, so tell me your story. No. We got 30 more minutes. Come on. No, my story is depressing. <laughs> Actually, it's not. You were born... And your dad and your mom weren't there, or like was no, it... I was born You're in North... <laughs> in Houston, and then I what? I thought you were born in Mexico. No, I lived in Mexico. Like my mom oh. had me here. Um, and so then why I... go? Like why in Houston? I really don't know. Like we had other family here, but I don't know how they ended up here either. That's weird. Yeah, and like my aunt told my mom, like, "Oh, you should have your babies here." So legally, pretty much, right? No, my mom was a citizen. Oh, okay. But she was like a. She wasn't born here, I don't think. So she was like she was like a, yeah she I don't know how she's a, she was a citizen but she was a citizen and so she could have us here and so she like my aunt told her to have us here and so we did and then I had dual citizenship and we lived in Mexico 
until I was like in fourth grade. And then things started getting pretty like dangerous in Mexico. Oh yeah, the cartel and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What part of Mexico? Monterrey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, that's probably like a lot of where the danger stuff is too because that's where I stopped going when I was like 13 because it started getting real like edgy. Yeah, it was like, it got really bad for a while. It's not as bad anymore, but... um, I haven't been since then, honestly, since I was 13 because... It's, I mean, I, lo- a, I love my city. I'm a white boy in a brown body. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. I, my Spanish, like if I went there and I talked Spanish, they would shoot my ass because I, my Spanish sounds no, like a white dude. that's not what they shoot people for. Uh, I've, I've seen worse. Yeah. I mean, they shoot people for some pretty stupid shit, but not because of that. Um, it was an American, bro. There's actually a lot of Asian people there now, which I find like really crazy. What is the reason why? I knew there were, but I forgot. There's a specific reason why. I don't know, but... Like, especially in that, like, city, there's a lot now. And so, last few times that I've gone, I hear, like, Asian people speaking Spanish. And I'm like, what? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, like, so cool. Because I'm used to diversity here in Houston. You know, we're a little melting pot of everything. Yeah. But over there, it's, like, you only see Mexicans. Yeah. You never yeah, I mean, see, like, black people, really. No. You, yeah. There's no black people. There's no Asian people. There's nothing. And so, it's it was crazy. I was at the airport, and I saw, like... A group of Asians and then I like was ordering behind them and they were like ordering their food in perfect Spanish. I was like, huh? Yeah. So I mean, um, is you moved to Houston after that? Like after fourth grade because it was getting a little bit dangerous? Yeah, so I think it's that and just like a couple other things. Like my my dad I think was just looking for I guess better business out here. I'm not really sure. My dad moved here like a year or so before me and my sister and my mom did. Oh, okay. Um, to try to just kind of settle down. Um, and then we followed him and we were living in my aunt's house for a while. And then we moved to a different aunt's house for a while. And then we bought our house. Um, but while we were living with like our aunts, like it was, I honestly, looking back at it now, I'm like, what were we really doing? Like we were literally living in like one room. And it's, like, wow. crazy to think about now. Because I was so young. Like, I didn't really know what was going on. But, like, yeah. We we slept on the like, freaking mattresses that are, like, super thin. And they would, like, creak and stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, not <laughs> that there's... Your parents are doing any funny business there, bro. No. <laughs> My parents are divorced now. So, oh, definitely... Okay. So, they weren't doing any funny yeah, business. Yeah, definitely not. But it was just... It's crazy to think about because I used to have to go to, like, Club Rewind in the morning. Which is, like, a little daycare thing before school because our school was like so far from my aunt's house the time that we moved to the second aunt Mm. we were still zoned to the first one and we would have to drive like i'd have to get up at like 5 30 even though i didn't go into like 8 45 in elementary school you know what i mean yeah yeah because like we would have to drive and then my sister went in earlier than i did and then yeah it was a whole thing it's just like crazy because i barely remember it now but it wasn't that long ago like, you know? Like, how old were you when you stopped doing that? We got our house when I was in middle school, I think. So, yeah, I want to say, like, in sixth grade, we stopped having to do that. Dang. Yeah. So, that was for a while. It was, yeah, it was, like, for a year or two. Yeah. That's... But, like I said, like, I barely remember it now, which is weird, because it's different things that I look back on. Like, whenever I was younger, we didn't have a lot of money. I thought that our power would go out a lot. <laughs> I'm like, no, our electricity was getting cut off. But, like, I never knew that because I was younger. And it's just, like, weird that I don't really remember it the way that it happened. It's just I only realize it now because I'm older and I 
realized like my parents just didn't want me to know that we were getting things cut off because we weren't paying them. Yeah, that's how it was for me too, honestly. Like I lived, uh, our apartments were right next to a halfway house. So like there's like criminals just all walking around and I didn't notice because I, mean, I live right next to an elementary school, but I was like one of you was like, man, why are these like criminal looking ass dudes? I was like, be going. I was like around like the, the school yeah. and all that. I'm like, uh, and then I realized like, oh shit, they're yeah. all like escape. I mean, not escape criminals, but like coming out criminals. I was like, damn. I mean, it. For me, it looks like you kind of developed that hustler mentality from, like, kind of starting from that aspect and then yeah. kind of going up. It's just kind of like, uh, I don't want to say that I didn't have a good childhood because my parents really did try their best. But I just want my kids to be able to live comfortably to whenever they're 16 or 17, they don't have to start a cupcake business. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, I'm... I'm grateful for everything. Um, I think it's definitely changed who I am as a person and made me a better worker and a better just person in general because I I can appreciate things a lot more. Um, but as far as like my future family goes, like I want my kids to worry about being kids and, you know, and be able to just pay for them to go to college and study and really live their like teenage years like a teenager rather than having to do what, you know, I had to do, which is struggle with classes and you know school and cheerleading and all that stuff at the same time as having to work because if I didn't work I couldn't afford anything and I felt bad asking my parents for anything because my parents couldn't afford to give me anything it's not that they didn't want to but like if I wanted like a new phone or new clothes I I felt bad asking my mom she she was gonna tell me no because she didn't have the money but it's not that she didn't want to she just couldn't afford it and so I want my kids to be able to just afford regular things i'm not gonna like make them brats i hope but <laughs> you know just to live comfortably you definitely that is... seem like the one that would honestly no i just i just want them to be comfortable and only worry about the things that they have to at certain ages like once you get to a certain age i'm like okay like go work you know i'm not gonna take care of you for the rest of your life but for the time being that they're in high school and even in college i want them to be able to focus just on studying because as you know like it is hard it's hard to work full-time and study full-time so so i mean like what would be like your main takeaways you've gotten since like your whole like journey is taken off and like now is like not coming to a close but like limiting it a little bit what is like your biggest takeaway from everything um my biggest thing would probably be it sounds so cliche but just don't give up um because there were a lot of times where don't stop believing. yeah don't stop believing dude um, where it would get really stressful because I didn't, like I said, I, I'm self-taught. So being self-taught, you make a lot of mistakes and it's very stressful. I mean, at the end of the day, everything has worked out, thankfully, but there were some days where I really wanted to quit so bad and I would cry and it would take me so long to make just one cake. When I first started getting into cakes, I almost quit because it would take me the full day just to make one and things would always, wouldn't turn out the way I wanted them to because I'm a perfect perfectionist. And my mom was like, why don't you just, why don't you just stop making cakes? Just stick to cupcakes. You know what I mean? It's, it's easier. You can control it better, but people wanted me to make cakes for them. And I knew that I could do it. It was just really stressful. And so I did stop making cakes for a while, but then I felt like a quitter and I'm like, (laughs) and I know bitch. Yeah. And so I started making them again and my business is mainly cakes now. And it's been like that with everything. Um, I tend to put a lot of things on my plate, but everything that I've tried has thankfully worked out and it's just crazy like I wouldn't have any of the things that I have right now 
if I would have had that mentality of giving up, you know? Yeah. It's like when things get hard, you can't give up. I know it seems so cliche, but like anything you want to do, it's not going to turn out fine the first time 100% of the time. There, you, You're you going to fail at some point, but you can't give up. You have to keep going. And so that's the way it's been with school, with my business, with my job even. Like there's days, obviously, as you know, I'm like, man, F this. Like I want to <laughs> go home, I quit and start something else, right? But you can only grow if you keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's a very, like, uh, I guess, powerful thing to say. Because, I mean, it, like you said, it does sound cliche. But, like, in reality, I was, like, for me, I was, like, I've noticed, like, consistency is always a thing, never giving up in that sense. For so, sure. Like, and you, because you don't get good at anything. I was, like, by just doing it one-off time. So, I was, like, if you be consistent day in, day out, I was, like, you're going to be good at something. Yeah. And also, you can't take advice from people that haven't done what you're doing, right? So, like. Like your parents or, like. In general, like if I, I love my mom, but if I were to listen to everything that my mom says, whenever she tells me to maybe tone it down or reel it in or quit, I wouldn't be anywhere where I am right now. Um, I remember when I first, when I graduated high school, I, it was a very liberating time for me. Like I graduated and I got out of a two year relationship at the same time. And so it was a lot Dang, of freedom bro, at once. A bunch of breakups coming in. Yeah. Like, so coming sorry. In hot. Sorry. The press. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> she's like, uh-huh, not. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Back to the streets. Um, so it was just kind of like a finding myself moment. And I wanted to go to Europe for two weeks. And my family was just like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, I want to go to Europe for two weeks with my friend. And I've always been the type of person where, like, I'm really stubborn. And so I ended up going. And it was one of my favorite things I've ever done. And same thing with my cars. Like, as you know, I've crashed two cars. Um, Never give give up yeah. crashing your cars. Yeah, guys. learn how to drive first. Um, but after I got my first one, my mom was like, get a cash car. And, like, everybody would be like, get a cash car. And I'm like, no, I don't want one. Um, I'm just going to get, like, a different type of car, but maybe an SUV instead of, like, a regular car, right? Um, and so I did, and I crashed it a month later. <laughs> and then everybody was like, seriously, dude, get a cash car. Like, you cannot drive. You are going to crash it. Don't waste your money on a better car. You know what I did? I went and got a Mercedes because I wanted it. And if I didn't have a type of mentality of like not letting things that happen kind of lower my goals and kind of set me back, I honestly don't even know where I would be right now. Like, because there's been so many things that I could have chosen to be like, you know what, I'm going to take a step back, reel it in, kind of lower my standards or, you know, shoot a little bit lower but that's just not who I am. And if you're really like a hustler and you really want to get somewhere, you can't let those things like change your goals. If your goal is to be the best lawyer in the world, if you lose a case that you really want it, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you can't make those things define you and you can't listen to people that don't have the same mentality as you or that don't want to go or haven't gone the places that you want to so go. So punk bitches pretty much. Basically. <laughs> Basically. All right. I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. Like, Especially I was like starting or very similar in the sense of like we started a business when we were young. I was a little bit older than you. I think I started when I was 20 and like now it's still like providing some revenue in the sense. But like, it's like you said, I was like, there's a lot of time, a lot of effort. That you, I mean, it's a good thing to learn for life in general. And I feel like a lot of people don't learn that in the future. So, I mean, where do you see yourself in like five years? I was like in that aspect. I have no idea. I, re- I mean, hopefully I'll be, I'll have an established career. Um, I think my, my future looks different 
every other day. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through like a little phase right now where it's like, I kind of know what I'm heading towards, but I want to make the best out of my life. And even though I am kind of a workaholic and I have my goals, I don't necessarily know where those goals are. And I think that's kind of where I'm struggling with right now. It's like, I don't know if I'll still be in Houston, but I know that in five years, or I guess I hope, I don't know, that I'll have an established career, hopefully. Um, I'll have a kind of better relationship with myself. Um, That's mainly what I'm focused on right now is just like my career, myself, and my family. Okay. That's good. That's a good way to end it off, I think. Yeah. So it looks hopeful for you, right? Yeah. 2021. Hopefully good things are coming. Who knows? All right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, are you, do you still plan to do like cakes in general or do you not really plan to do like them like for people that, you know, hit you up on Instagram anymore? Or like, what is your, for the future? I honestly wouldn't give it more than a year. Really? Yeah. Like as an established business, probably less than a year, probably by the end of 2021, I'll probably close that chapter. Um, but like I said, for more close friends and family, I'll probably still keep going. But as an established business, yeah, that's that's probably going to have to close. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like, let's say I was like, people want to get, like, a cake now and here in Houston. Yeah. How would you, how would they contact you? Um, my Instagram is at cakedfacebyleslie. Um, that's mainly where I take um, orders from. But I also have my email, which is lesliesarnat.2000 at outlook.com. I also said that in my notes, so I'm like, I'm happy. I did my research, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh, I feel special. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you're the first one, so I would as well. Okay. Well, I. it was a struggle getting it set up, but I'm very happy that you chose me and you think I'm interesting enough to have me on your podcast for your first episode. And you talk to me for like three hours at a time, so I mean... <laughs> I'm a talkative person, and so are you. What do you expect? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I feel like good closing out there. Thank you for coming on the show. And listeners, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.